welcome back to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. This is a special uh, presentation or edition of the episode, because this episode I will be covering NXT's Vengeance Day. Vengeance Day happened Sunday night. Um, it was a solid event. It wasn't NXT's uh, best event that they've had. This is probably one of their lackluster events in some time, but I will say that the main event made up for all of the uh all of the fanfare that was missing throughout the show but i'll get to that in a minute um i just want to start off with this the first match that we had was the finals for the dusty tag team classic it was trick williams and carmelo hayes going against baron corbin and braun breaker uh baron corbin and braun breaker they would be your new dusty tag team classics uh winners of 2024 when you had braun breaker hitting Carmelo Hayes with the spear when Melo shoved Trick out of the way and took the bullet for Trick. And uh, this was a solid match to open the show. Uh, I will say there were some times during this match where there were a little things sloppy here and there, um, especially when it came down to the ropes. When Carmelo Hayes tried to jump off the ropes, he kind of slipped a little bit. When Braun Breakers ran the ropes, he kind of uh, got himself caught in the ropes there were a couple times, and even Wade Barrett, who's on commentary, yes, Wade Barrett, uh, he had to make up for Booker T not being on commentary. And Booker T will not be on commentary for NXT for the next couple weeks. Booker would tweet that out. He's had a surgery, so he has to take time to recoup. So that's the reason why Barrett, uh, not Barrett, God, Wade Barrett was here doing commentary with Vic Joseph. But as I said, uh, Barrett, he would even say, that something's going on with the ropes. He would even make a joke and ask, are these ropes, uh, God, what is it, commissioned? So, again, I don't know what happened, but there were some couple missteps, but the tag match itself, it was fine. Um, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker, Baron, who's the hybrid athlete in this matchup, he can do speed, he can do strength, he can do uh, high-flying ability if he needs to, teaming up with the brawler and a heavyweight in himself, Braun Breaker. Uh, Baron Corbin, uh, going against Carmelo Hayes and Trick. Trick, who's pulling double duty as he has to go against Ilya in the main event. So his mind's kind of 50-50 in this matchup here, while Carmelo's all locked in here. Uh, Baron and Braun, they work better as a team than I expected. I mean, they constantly went back and forth, tagging in, tagging out. Even at one point when Melo and Trick were outside the ring, Braun threw Baron out of the ring onto Melo and Trick. And you got to think about it. Baron Corbin, he's probably good, what? They say he's 6'7", and he weighs about 200-some-odd pounds. For Braun Breaker to throw that guy out of the ring, that tells you how much strength Braun Breaker has, and that comes from the Steiner genetics. Um, They were able to really mesh together and just beat Melo and Trick. But I will say Trick and Melody did have some chemistry as they're supposed to. They're been boys like for what solid I want to say almost three years at NXT. So for them to be able to do what they had to do with Baron and Braun just come up a little bit short. It was it wasn't a surprise to anybody. Everybody knew, at least on my feelings. They knew that Trick and Mello were not winning this, that Baron and Braun was going to, because this would lead into like the main event and how Trick would uh, be feeling against Ilya. So with Baron, Corbin, and Braun Breaker winning the Tag Team Classic, the Dusty Tag Team Classic, 
They are now the new number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, after this, later in the night, you would see Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes being checked on by the doctors and the physicians because Trick had a busted mouth, and they checked on Carmelo with his ribs. Trick, he would ask Melo, why did you take the bullet from me? Melo would say, you got a match with Ilya tonight. I need you to lock yourself in and be focused on Ilya. That's the reason why I did this. And Melo would say, yeah, I know what you're going to say. You don't need me out there with you. But Trick, uh, seeing Melo's loyalty and seeing that Melo would do anything for him, Trick would tell Melo that I need you out there with me when I win the NXT Championship. So Melo would accompany Trick later in the main event. So let's see how that turns out when I talk about that matchup. Um, next up, we had the no disqualification match against uh, Donovan Dijak going against Joe Gacy. The weapons used in this match were a baton. Uh, God, what do they call those things? It's a baton. It's uh, another one. It's like a, a nightstick. Uh, some toy cars. Uh Tables, kindle sticks, steel chairs, trash can. They use everything they can around the ring to use on each other. But Donovan Dijak, he would win the match when Joe Gacy would look to try to hit the upside clothesline. But Dijak, he would hit Gacy with uh, the nightstick and then grab him and hit him with the feast your eyes to win the match. Solid match between these two. I thought it was going to be more violent than it was than it was presented. But they were able to do what they needed to do. One thing I will say about this is that every time a no disqualification match happens or a uh, no holds barred match, I know that the people like to chant for tables. I think that the crowd needs to stop chanting for tables. They need to just wait because you know it's going to happen. You know a table is going to be brought out. Just wait until they bring out a table. They're not going to disappoint. I think for me... I would get upset if I hear the fans constantly chant for tables, tables, tables. I know people hate hearing the what whenever people are doing their uh, promos or dialogue in front of the people. And you just hear how the people just get into the characters' heads whenever they do the what. I think that whenever people start chanting for tables, that would infuriate any of the wrestlers out there. But they were able to push past it. Me as a fan, I don't think they need to be chanting for tables. Just wait. Trust me, the table is coming. Uh, but as I said, Dijak and Joe Gacy, they had a solid no disqualification matchup. I did like how towards the end of the match, Joe Gacy did uh, use duct tape. Uh, he duct taped Dijak's eyes like shut because Dijak's whole thing is called feast your eyes and it makes you like take a knee to the face. So that means it blinds you. Uh, Joe Gacy blinds Dijak and he has to beat up on Dijak with Kindle sticks when Dijak isn't able to see. So I like that. And also I like the spot where Dijak was uh, blinded by the duct tape and Joe Gacy will look to hit the upside, but you see Dijak grab him and hit him with a feast your eyes. And at that moment, you know, the match is over, but Dijak, he couldn't get to Gacy because his eyes are duct tape shut. So he starts hitting his hands on the mat, trying to look for Joe Gacy. Gacy rolls out to the side and then you start seeing the referee help Dijak get the duct tape off his eyes. And it's uh, duct tape getting off your face. It kind of hurts. So I can just imagine the pain that he felt for that. But I'm pretty sure like the sweat should have uh, helped ease the pain and get the duct tape off. But this was a solid one. Uh, Joe Gacy did throw uh, Dijak into the table outside of the ring. That was covered in toy cars. So that pretty much had to hurt. 
but this was a solid no disqualification match from Joe Gacy and Dijak. Dijak winning this didn't hurt Dijak. If anything, it gave him uh, a leg up because Dijak always loses his rivalries that he's in. And for him to get a win over Joe Gacy, who is a madman who was smiling after every time he got beat up, it doesn't hurt Dijak and it doesn't hurt Joe Gacy either. As a matter of fact, once the match was over, the camera panned over and saw Joe Gacy smiling on the mat and Dijak, he just looked at Joe Gacy and like, how is this guy still smiling? So I'm not certain that this rivalry between these two are ending off of that, but the no disqualification match, it was straight. Uh, next up, we had the six-person tag matchup. We had the D'Angelo family, which consists of Adriana Rizzo, Stax, Tony D'Angelo, the NXT Tag Champions, going against OTM, which had Bronco Nima, Jada Parker, and Lucian Price with scripts in their corner. Uh, the D'Angelo family, they would win the match by pinfall when Tony D'Angelo would hit a uh, spinning fireman buster, or better known as a perfect plex, onto Lucian Price for the win. Uh, this was OTM's come out party to me, or at least come out match. What I mean by that is they were able to showcase their strength, their uh, brawling side on the D'Angelo family. You got to see a lot of OTM really beat up on Stax here. Stax is like the beat up guy, while Tony D'Angelo is usually the guy that comes in to kind of clean up the mess and just take care of the heavy lifting for the team while Stax is the guy that gets beat up on. And that's what happened here. OTM uh, would beat up on Stax anytime either Adriana or Tony D'Angelo would try to get in the ring. You saw the referee kind of like hold them to their corner and you start seeing Stax get beat up on two on one, whether it's from Bronco and Price or uh, Bronco and Jada or... Scripps getting himself involved. I mean, Stax was getting a beat down in this. And again, OTM, they just unleashed a lot of power moves and a lot of basic moves onto Stax. And again, that's just something that's missing in the NXT tag division. A big, like, tag team. It's like two dudes that are just straight up brolic. And you have that with Bronco and you have that with Price. And I'm glad that they have this team here. And I'm glad that they were able to showcase their uh, strength here in this matchup. So again, this was more like a come out type of party for them in this match. And also, uh, Jada Parker, she was able to do a couple things. This was Adriana Rizzo's first match, I presume. I don't watch NXT Level Up, so I'm not certain if she wrestled on NXT Level Up. If she didn't, this was her first match, and you could tell she's still kind of a little bit green here. She needs a little bit more uh, matches underneath her belt, whether it be in front of a people or just inside of the performance center, but within due time, I can see her doing uh, great things in the ring because as there was a point where she was on the top rope. She had to jump off the top rope onto everybody outside the ring, and she was able to get some uh, height on that jump, and it would make sense because she is a long jumper, so she comes from college where the NIL things happen, so she's a college one athlete turned into a wrestler. Uh, they wouldn't mention that on commentary, so her doing the long jump and her getting some height on this jump onto everybody outside the ring, it made sense, but, like, the basic stuff, she needs to work on that a little bit, but in due time, I guarantee you, is NXT, is all the developmental stuff, they'll get that stuff cleaned up and worked on, but the D'Angelo family, they beat OTM, and I'm pretty sure this isn't the last time we're going to see this uh, two teams going at it back and forth. I'm pretty sure of that. 
Uh, next up, we had Lyra Valkyria putting up her NXT Women's Championship against Roxanne Perez. Um, I'm going to say this. These two had a good match with one another, but I just couldn't get into it. I mean, they were doing whatever they can do. I mean, they were hitting each other hard. I mean, you saw it. At one point, Roxanne Perez hit a uh, suicide dive onto Lyra Valkyria outside the ring, but Lyra was able to counter it Excuse me, and hit a form in Roxanne's face. They even show it on replay. Uh, Roxanne, she would fight back and try to get at Lyra, and at one point, it looks like she was about to win when she hits a German suplex on Lyra, but Lola Vice. She would come down with her NXT breakout tournament uh, contract and cash it in. So this would now turn this one-on-one matchup into a triple threat match. And with that being the case, uh, Lyra, she would retain her championship by hitting the Nightwish, which is the cradle shock, on Lola Vice to retain the NXT Women's Championship. And there was a point in this, by the way, I did skip over this. When Lola Vice did run down to the ring with her uh, contract, she would have a referee saying she's going to cash it in. You saw Tatum Paxley, who has been um, stalking Lyra Valkyria for, I'm going to say months now, trying to just be this super obsessed fan, if you will. In this right here, they're rehashing the Trish Stratus, Mickey James deal with Lyra and Tatum here, just without the uh, sexual tension with Tatum and Lyra. Um, Tatum would try to stop Lola from cashing in. Lola would hit Tatum with a spinning roundhouse kick to the head, knocking Tatum down until towards the end of this match where Roxanne would hit Pop Rocks onto, I believe it was Lyra, and you saw Tatum quickly run into the ring, dive onto Roxanne, and you saw both Tatum and Roxanne uh, slide out of the ring. Lola would try to get a win on Lyra. Lyra would uh, kick out. Then you would see Lola try to hit Lyra with a spinning roundhouse kick. Lyra would duck that, and then that's when Lyra would hit the Cradle Shock, or as they call it, the Nightwish, to retain her NXT Women's Championship. So Roxanne Perez still did not lose this matchup, and she still has not gotten a fair one-on-one matchup for her NXT Women's Championship. I will say that the fans got themselves into the match whenever this thing became a triple threat match because as soon as Lola came in Lola started to uh do her kicks do the kicks to the sides of Lyra kicks to the sides of Roxanne and really try to uh just get the wins by any means necessary there was a moment where Lyra was out of the ring and it was just Lola and Roxanne and you just saw them both go back and forth with one another Lola hits Roxanne with a spinning roundhouse kicks, trying to get the win. She kicks out. Then Lola would try to get her in a uh, triangle choke, and that still doesn't put her down. Try to get her in a uh, sleeper hold. Doesn't put Roxanne down. Roxanne was giving her everything because this was her time to at least try to win back the championship that she didn't ever lose. But in the end, doesn't happen. Lola ends up losing the matchup for her. And uh, later, you would see Roxanne and Lola both fighting backstage because, as I said, Roxanne, she never got her fair one-on-one matchup to ever, like, claim that she actually lost her women's championship. And I will say this. I don't know, just in character mind, right? I don't know what's going on lately with people having 
opportunities that they could cash in to win championships, how they always screw it up. I don't know how you have not watched tape because the your predecessors in the early times, whenever the Money in the Bank happened and the first uh, person that had the NXT breakout tournament, they always used it after a match. For the Money in the Bank, the first time anybody ever used it was Edge. He went after John Cena, literally after John had an Elimination Chamber matchup when he came out the victor. And that's when we saw Edge cash in and he won his first WWE Championship. With Carmelo Hayes, he was the first person to uh, use the NXT Breakout Tournament uh, contract whenever Swerve was in NXT. He just got done retaining his NXT North American Championship against Santos Escobar in a match. And you saw Carmelo come out there, raise Swerve's hand, and then he attacked Swerve. And then he cashed it in, and he was able to beat Swerve to win the NXT North American Championship. I don't understand how, in character mind, you do not wait until literally after the match is done. Even Wade Barrett, during the Triple Threat match, said that Lola Vice should have waited until after Roxanne and Lyra were done competing to cash in her breakout tournament contract. So, I just hope in the creative process, this doesn't constantly become a thing. Because we've seen this thing just constantly happen now. With Austin Theory, he constantly tried to cash in, didn't work. Damian Priest tried constantly tried to cash in, doesn't work. And Damian Priest, he still has his contract. Hopefully, we don't have this thing going into the main roster with Damian Priest and him actually failing to cash in his money in the bank contract and actually lose it for good. That's all I'm trying to say with that. So again, the creator process, I hope that they uh, do better. As a matter of fact, even Owa Femi, because I'm about to speak about him next, he cashed in his NXT breakout tournament contract after Dragon Lee just got done wrestling against uh, Lexus King. And that's whenever he cashed in, he won the North American Championship. So, again, create a process. I hope they don't constantly do that. I hope they just wait it out the way it's supposed to. But, again, that's just me nitpicking as a fan. Uh, next up, speaking of Obafemi, Obafemi going against Dragon Lee for the NXT North American Championship. Obafemi being the champion, he's the uh, defending it, and he would retain it when he would hit Dragon Lee with a pop-up powerbomb to retain his championship. Uh, Obafemi, Dragon Lee, it's exactly what you thought it was going to be. It was going to be a David versus Goliath-style matchup. Dragon Lee being a foot shorter and 100 pounds, weighing less than Obafemi, he had to come out the gate strong against Obafemi. He attacked Obafemi with speed and strikes as quick as he can. Obafemi was down on his luck for a minute, but then as soon as Obafemi got up, it was a wrap. Obafemi started to hit Dragon Lee with power moves, with shorter tackles, with clotheslines, with punches. And Dragon Lee was, again, just on a down because he is going against a bigger, stronger competitor than him. There was times where Dragon Lee was able to fight back and still use his uh, speed and use his striking ability against Obafemi. Even at one point, uh, Obafemi, he was on the top rope or middle rope. Dragon Lee was able to hit him and then grab Obafemi and hit him with a powerbomb. And that didn't put Obafemi down, and that got people uh, excited. Uh, there was a moment towards the end of the match where Dragon Lee, he was on uh, the apron uh, no, it was Obafemi. Obafemi rolled out. He got on the apron. Dragon Lee tried to do his uh, trademark running and try to hit a hurricanrana on his opponent off the apron. But Obafemi, he would catch Dragon Lee. And I thought, oh, snap, he's about to powerbomb him on the apron. But nope, that does not happen. 
uh, Dragon Lee, he would counter out of that, land on the apron. Boba Femi would get off the apron. He would swipe at Dragon Lee's foot, knocking Dragon Lee off the apron. Then you see Oba Femi try to clear off the commentator's table. Um, he would look to try to choke slam Dragon Lee through the commentary table, but Dragon Lee would counter it, hit him with a DDT. Then you see both of them still fighting back and forth, and then Oba Femi, he would choke slam Dragon Lee onto Wade Bear's commentary uh, chair. Then grab Dragon Lee, throw him into the ring, hit him with a uh, shoulder suplex, but toss him with it, and then hit him with a pop-up powerbomb. So Obafemi, he still has his uh, reign of dominance with the NXT North American Championship. Obafemi is going to reign until Obafemi wants to just basically let go of that championship. Again, he's a big guy in stature and uh, height. I just want to know who's going to be the guy to take it off of him. It's going to be a nice, uh, interesting uh, situation to see, but we'll see what happens. Uh, now we move over to the main event. Ilya Dragunov defending the NXT Championship against Trick Williams, who has Carmelo Hayes in his corner. And this would be the match that everybody truly in their heart was really waiting for. The crowd really came alive during this matchup because the fans have a love for Trick Williams. He has really been the breakout star for NXT in 2023 that I don't think anybody saw coming. But with him having this uh, meteoric uh, rise from the people loving him. And you think Trick is going to win this match because he failed to win the Dusty Tag Team Classic earlier in the night. However, that simply does not happen. Ilya Dragunov would retain his NXT Championship when Ilya and Trick both would run just straight up at one another. With Trick going for his jumping knee and Ilya would go for his torpedo headbutt. Ilya was able to connect Trick with the torpedo headbutt, cover him to retain the NXT Championship. This was a good match between Ilya and Trick Williams. Both men bled in this matchup. Trick, he already bled earlier in the night, but he rebusted his lip. Uh, Ilya, he busted his nose, so both men were straight up just bleeding straight up. Uh, Ilya, he put Trick through a lot of hell in this matchup. You saw him hit him with strikes. You saw him slam him. You saw him hit him, uh, Trick, with a Death Valley driver on the apron, and again, that's the hardest part of the ring, and you saw him do it, and he does it by looking at Carmelo Hayes at the exact same time, so he's sending like a message to Carmelo Hayes, because Carmelo, he's constantly trying to hype up Trick throughout the whole matchup, constantly, and Trick, he would try to fight back from underneath, he's uh, hitting Ilya, just striking him left and right, trying to get back into it, and even at one point, he would hit a Uranagi off the apron onto the floor, and that was a sickening thud, and Melo, he would get himself, he would get himself involved in this, when uh, you see Ilya beat up on Trick, and you see Ilya looking at Melo, Melo just gets tired of it, he walks up to Ilya, and he says, you're the reason me and Trick are having problems right now, this is all because of you, and he gets pushed by Ilya, and you see Melo wanted to strike Ilya, and he goes for a punch, but Ilya, he would duck it, and then he would shove Melo in the trick, and Melo would accidentally, wink, wink, uh, clip Trick by the knee, and knock Trick down, and Trick would be screaming in agony, this is the same knee that kind of Trick buckled earlier in the night with his match, 
in the Dusty Tag Team Classic. So you kind of think, oh no, Melo just cost uh, Trick the match here. But Trick, he was still steady on fighting it out with Ilya, taking all the H-bombs to the face. And I mean, Trick was really the underdog of this whole entire event. He's he's about the underdog of NXT. And that's crazy to think. Trick Williams is a big dude. Trick Williams is about a good. I'll say six... Six five, I'll say about six five, and for you to turn that guy into an underdog against someone like Ilya, that's a talent. And Trick, he had that talent. He was really the underdog here. Uh, he even was able to pull back and just try to make people believe in him. And when he was able to kick out of the super H bomb, you saw the place become unglued to the point that they had to even pull back. In one of the camera shots, and see everybody get to their feet and they're cheering everything up, and everybody was eating it. So that tells you that the future is bright for Trick Williams. And just because he didn't win the NXT Championship that night at Vengeance Day, he has a bright future, and more than likely he's going to win it later. But in the end, Ilya still retains the NXT Championship. Uh, after the match, you see Ilya uh, on the on the stage, holding the NXT Championship up, and they turn to the camera in the ring. You see Trick right there with Melo, and Melo says, hey, man, it's all right. You're going to win it next time, okay? It's now me and you, me and you, all right? And you see the NXT signature right there in the corner, and it starts fading off the NXT signature, and then the camera still stays on Trick and Melo, and I said, oh, my God, you are not going to do this right now, which we all knew was coming. But like, ah, uh, this this has to suck. And you see Trick turn from Mello. Mello starts going behind Trick. And you see right in Mello's face, he turns from the uh, concerned friend to the look of disgust on Trick. And he just straight up just runs and clips Trick behind the knee yet again. And this time deliberately. That we all know is deliberate now. And you see Trick writhing in pain with his knee and the whole fans are just booing mellow and they get great camera shots of the fans holding their mouths like oh my god you're seriously doing this right now and uh mellow he goes outside the ring he grabs a chair and he gets in there and he starts uh before he hits trick with it he looks at trick and he says you made me do this. And he just starts wailing on Trick's knee with the chair and just starts constantly going at it, going at it, and going at it. And there's a t-shirt that Melo has been holding in his pocket this whole entire time. It had TMG, Trick and Melo Gang, on the t-shirt. And he unfolds the chair after he's done beating up on Trick. He sits in it. He puts the t-shirt right on Trick's uh, chest and he tells Trick, you are the way you are because of me. And I am him. Meaning, you are in the spotlight because of me. And I deserve to be in the spotlight. I have always been the spotlight. And basically, you stand behind me. That's what this whole beatdown was all about. And is what everybody's been saying before. Melo does not like the spotlight being on someone else that's not him. Especially someone that's in his close group or his close unit. And for Trick to get the spotlight, get the fanfare, get the love. Melo has been hating it for so long. 
So now we know who attack uh, Trick Williams at uh, Halloween Havoc and cause Trick to face Ilya Dragunov basically at that time. So now with us knowing this, we now know it's Mellow. Mellow would get F.U. Mellow chanted one way and another side of the crowd would chant, you suck, Mellow. And Mellow, he just embraced in all of it. And as he's leaving the ring and going up the ramp, he says, I did this because of you. I did this because of you. I did this because of you. And he would even mock the whole whoop that trick chant. And that's how NXT would go off. So you could tell Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, that's going to be the match going into uh, NXT Stand and Deliver. I don't know who's going to be the guy going after Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. That one's going to be real interesting to me because you already got the heavy hitters of Braun and Baron going after the tag team titles. Right now, my mind's kind of going a blank. I mean, you could tie, try to do uh, Dijak again, but I don't think anybody's going to be real interested in that. So right now, I don't know who they got for uh, Mans, unless they try to do the whole unification with Obafemi and Ilya, but I think that's way too soon. So at this time, I don't know who uh, Ilya got. We'll probably find out on NXT uh, this upcoming week. And uh, yeah, NXT Avengers Day, as I said, it wasn't their strongest pay-per-view that they uh, had in some time, but the main event truly made up for it. If you have to watch any uh, matches on here, I strongly, and I mean I strongly recommend the main event, Ilya and Trick. You will see all the emotions from the people really liven up uh, from the show. And secondly, I'll go with the women's uh, match. That's me. But uh, yeah. And by the way, my predictions for this, I was straight up five and six. I had every match right except for the OTM going against the family. That one was kind of a gimme, but I just went with the OTM because it was four on three. And I thought, okay, four people going against three. You kind of get the four, but nope. Always remember, ladies and gentlemen, if someone's having their debut match, which our uh, Adriana Rizzo did have here, pick that side. That's all I'm going to say for that. Um, but with that, this has been your My Two Cents podcast review of Vengeance Day. As I said, solid pay-per-view. Not the strongest, but it was still solid because that main event really made up for everything. Uh, please check out NXT this upcoming Tuesday to find out what's going to happen with Arabelle's storyline. And please, if you have not listened to my Sunday episode, it's called Didn't Think. You can go and check that out. And also, uh, listen to my midweek episode if you didn't check that out earlier. It's available to you now as well. Now with that, have a great day, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. You'll hear from me again either Wednesday, Saturday, or Sunday. You're choosing. And with that, have a great day. I'm doing better. Committed. I never quit it. I'm doing